The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The people in this country have had enough of experts. So said Michael Gove, the Tory MP, famously uh, during Brexit, uh, those uh, Brexit debates uh, before the referendum. Well, Pete Lon, the founder and the head of the ESRI's Behavioural Research Unit, an expert himself, uh, many might suggest, is with me to talk about uh, this subject. Not Michael Gove, not you. Experts. Is that right? Uh, yes, although seeing as you are happy to brand me as an expert, well, I guess the, the question I want to ask you, so normally you ask me the questions, but here I want to ask you a couple. I mean, okay. how, how do you know? I mean, you interview people mm-hmm. every day in the studio from lots of different walks of life, lots of different specialities. How can you tell when you're really talking to an expert and when you're not? Uh, they have a posher accent, yeah. They have an English accent. I just think they know more than me. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, I, academic qualifications if they're in academia actually i often kind of assume there's a level of expertise okay yeah so i i don't think i'm denigrating myself or my profession overly by suggesting to you that having the word professor before your name yeah, if someone has necessarily means you have access to the truth any more than anyone else yeah if someone has a title yeah that's a good example actually if someone has a title a few letters after their name um a position of standing yeah yeah so interestingly there are a lot of studies now um and there's a a very famous right well within the world of psychology Fair, very I know, famous I do, um, not to interrupt you come, but i joked about the accent thing um i suspect there is a bit of psychology to that i mean how people sound how seriously you take them as an expert you will have noted that i did duck that yeah anyway right we'll come back to <laughs> but, that so go but, on but, tell me about but no, the... you, you're right if you look at studies of how people perceive expertise having the right kind of social background yes exactly uh, is important, which is one of the reasons why some of the most famous fraudsters of all time have been unreally posh. Yes, right. Because if you if you have that if you if you have that plausibility, that kind of superficial plausibility, it does make people doubt your expertise more. Mm. But yet, I mean, proper studies of expertise. I mean, one way to measure it is to see how good people are at predicting outcomes. I mean, if you have expertise over a system, you should be better able to predict what the system is going to do. And Philip Tetlock, um, famous American psychologist who's done brilliant work in this area, has shown actually that there are some ordinary people. He calls them super forecasters, actually who are better able to predict than professors of political science for sort of geopolitical events and so on. So having the title does not engender the expertise. Now, they may have greater knowledge, but their ability actually to predict and understand the systems that they're studying may be no better than some other people. So there's now been this kind of flurry of research into what genuine expertise is. But also, interestingly, there's a flurry of research into when people do or don't take expert opinion on board. Okay. And the particular research paper that sparked my interest on this occasion was a paper that shows that actually, a lot of the time, people completely ignore expert advice, but that there are circumstances under which they don't. And one of the best ways to get people to pay attention to experts Mm -hmm. is to make them aware of their own ignorance first. So what the experiment showed was, if you get people to try to explain something about a complex system, like they might have a strong opinion on international trade, for example, and you get them to explain how it works, they very quickly become quite insecure because it's a very complex subject and they start to worry about how they're going to be perceived. If you then expose them to expert opinion, they're much more willing to change their mind. 
Okay, so someone says, oh no, I'm kind of a, a, a freewheeling free marketeer. I don't think there should be tariffs and things coming in and out of the country. Uh, and yeah, y- you ask them to talk about kind of trade deals and what tariffs already exist. They stumble, they get confused, they don't really know. And then you bring in the experts. And then when you expose them to an expert opinion, they are then more likely to change their mind. So okay. it's like you have to prime people about their own ignorance in order to make them take expert opinion seriously. And then they do, and then they're more likely to change their mind. Now, one of the things I love about this is it exposes a link, a link between when people will take expert opinion seriously and when expert opinion is genuine. Because what the studies about expert opinion show is that true expertise is much more about knowing what you don't know Mm. than it is about what you do know. Okay. So if you get people to make predictions about systems, if you get them to genuinely display their expertise in an unambiguous way by saying, I predict this is going to happen and we measure how good they are, when you actually get people to do that and you get them to express their confidence in different judgments and so on, you find they're much better calibrated when they're the people who know better what they don't know. If they can articulate the things they don't know, not articulate the things they do know, they're better able to predict the systems. Okay, I'm trying to try make this a bit tangible for people. So, um, general elections I'm thinking about here. You know, so your political forecasters who are trying to tell you exactly how many seats different parties are going to win in different constituencies. How then do you better identify which expert is going to be a better forecaster? So, the, the one who adds all the qualifications and says, well, we don't know about this or we don't know about that. Yeah, so if you take all this kind of fancy talk about studies into a real context and you say, well, right, what does this really mean? I think what it really means is that you can have some good evidence for when people genuinely have expertise and when they don't. So if you're dealing with a person who is making, for example, forecasts about what's going to happen at the next election or is telling you about particular constituencies or something along these lines, Mm. if they are more inclined in some cases to say, yeah, confident about that one, not confident about that one because what we don't know is this or the thing that we're not sure about is this, if they are expressing doubt as well as certainties, and possibly not even any certainties, that expertise is more likely to be genuine. And when you're dealing with somebody who doesn't have genuine expertise, they are far more likely to be equivalently confident about issues and outcomes that are not equivalently, equivalently certain, that might actually, one of them is more certain than the other, and the real expertise is knowing when. And, and how do we then respond, our natural response to both of those scenarios? So uh, again, let's keep, stick with this example. In studio, I've got these two experts, one of whom is saying, look, there's lots of reasons it's hard to be definite about this constituency. I, I, I could say maybe this is going to come out this way less so over here and then I've got another expert mm. bang 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 I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen I mean who who is the general public more likely to believe is the expert there probably le- less the ditherer probably maybe they should that's what you're saying the study so I should believe the ditherer so but I but but am I more likely to believe the person who's kind of brimful of confidence well one person's ditherer is another person who knows their own limitations right yeah, maybe ditherer was <laughs> unfortunate and, word. And, and the answer the answer there really is if the ditherer as you want to call the ditherer if the ditherer expresses a confident view about a couple of of about a couple of issues yeah. having previously explained what they didn't know about others and why they weren't willing to make a judgment that person, on average, is going to have better judgment. Is going to but, be but genuinely I mean, more expert. I, I, uh, am I more likely, though, to respond without knowing that? Uh, without knowing what the science tells us, 
am I more likely to respond to the person who's just unduly confident? Unfortunately, unfortunately, the answer to that can be yes. So studies of persuasion will show, and particularly studies of the degree to which people are willing to follow leaders, shows that there are people, it's not everyone, there's a lot of differences, but there are people who are drawn towards those who are highly confident and very certain in what they state. Now, that's obviously a problem for politicians, and it's a problem for leaders generally, because actually those people have no more access to truth. It's a charade, but it's one that people want to believe and want to feel part of, or at least some people do. So there is a genuine problem there. And this is actually really important. And one of the reasons this is important, trying to understand what genuine expertise is and consists of, is because we need experts more than we ever have before. And the reason for that is because the size of humanity, just the simple size of all of our body of knowledge, of the number of people we have in the world, of the number of systems there now are, of how quickly we can get messages and technology Mm. from one place to another, the just pure size now of a global economy means that being a generalist is almost impossible. It's way, way harder than it ever used to be. To be a generalist, you have to know more than you've ever had to know. It's not possible. You have to rely on experts. And the bigger the economy gets, the more technology we have, the more systems we have, the more people we have, the more societies there are, the more that expertise matters because the harder it is to be a generalist. So you really need to be able to work out who can I trust, who's really giving me genuine expert advice, and who is just an overconfident charlatan. Uh, The... the Overconfidence uh, reminds me of, I used to work in Maxall Mace in the Glasheen Road in Cork and uh, the fella who was the shop manager told me that if anyone ever asks for the price of something, they come up and say, what's the price of that? And you don't know what it is. Ask whoever's on the other till and whoever's on the other till, just say any price, whatever comes into your head, but say with absolute confidence and the person will believe it. They might not buy it, it might still be too expensive, but they won't question what you've said. Say how much that Kit Kat chunky? Three euro. Let's say, all right, it's three euro. Yeah, no, if you want to engage in genuine deception, confidence is definitely a way to do it, as we discovered earlier, is having a posh accent. Um, yeah, we should have added that layer in. Uh, say three euro and a more posh accent. Um, and, and people might actually then pay for it, as opposed to putting the Kit Kat junkie back. So, I mean, what's the import then of all of this uh, science? Is it that we educate people as to how better to identify experts or is it that the experts themselves take on board uh, the advice and expose people to their own ignorance before revealing their expertise? So I, I think there's a number of lessons you can draw. One is yes, teaching people how to identify expertise. That is particularly important in a world of social media and fragmented media. I think personally that people in your profession need to get better at identifying true expertise. So it's not just the general public, because I can tell you about the areas I know. Mm. There are people who are given pretty much equivalent status in the media where I know that some of them have got a greater degree of expertise than others, and you'll forgive me if I obviously don't name any names of oh, all of this. That's right? my next question. Uh, of course, of course, and I'm going nowhere near it. <laughs> but but I, I think it's true. Being able to discriminate true expertise is really, really important. But I think understanding what expertise actually helps people who want to be experts become experts. So what these studies really show is, if you want to genuinely develop expertise, what you need is you need humility, you need to understand what it is you don't know and focus on that as much as what you do know. You need to be willing to change your mind and update your beliefs and you need to open yourself to multiple perspectives. And it turns out that what the studies show is genuine expertise, genuine experts, that's what they do. And if you wanted to sum that up in a single word, it's have doubt. And if you're a person who has doubt 
and inquires after that doubt, then that is how you develop expertise. Do ideologues make bad experts then? Yes. I can answer that one very quickly. All right. Yes, absolutely. Because if you come to the world yes. with a set belief, and I'm, I'm not just saying that as an opinion, there's research that shows yeah. this. So in my, in my world, we have, I mean, academics obviously put names on things that make them harder to understand. We have what's called motivated reasoning, which means if you have a prior position, like, for example, you're a knee-jerk socialist, or like, for example, you you know, always favour free market solutions, mm. what happens is you will interpret new evidence and new problems to fit with your prior belief. And that's called motivated reasoning, that you will, you will reason about why it looks that way without challenging your prior belief. Mm. And of course that means you become less expert, because what you're doing is you're divorcing yourself from the truth. So it turns out, after all these years, Michael Gove was wrong. We haven't had enough of experts. We need them more than ever. Uh, Michael Gove was absolutely wrong, which is why you and others have lampooned him ever, lampooned him ever since. <laughs> Poor old Michael Gove. Pete Lunn, founder and head of the ESRI's Behavioural Research Unit. Pete, a pleasure as always. And thanks a million uh, for coming into us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. With Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.